Welcome back. We are studying the second chapter of Ilkhot Kedusha Hodesh of Rambam. This is uh, towards the end of Sefer Zemanim. This chapter will deal with the acceptance of the testimony of the two witnesses that are going to let us know that they have seen the moon, thereby establishing the the basis for Kedusha Hodesh done by the Beddin. So a couple of things, a couple of clarifications from last chapter, reminders. Number one, it's not that we know it's not an evidentiary basis. It's not that we know that the that, that the moon was seen because of the two witnesses. The Bed Dean knows that from beforehand. They do their calculations. They know exactly. The moon is very predictable. And you can predict exactly where and how it's going to look just through mathematical calculations. The two witnesses are Gezerat Akatuv. The Torah said that we should do it through two witnesses. And that's what we do. Number two, although we are doing this through two witnesses, what's going to actually legally declare the day Birosh Hodesh is the Beddin, not the Aydin. The Beddin then is the one responsible to first calculate on their own when the, when the day is supposed to be, then to go through the process of accept, accepting the witnesses, and that's what this chapter is about. And number three, the subject of the next, the next chapter, it's going to be how to then let the rest of the people know that Rosh Chodesh has been declared. Halacha Aleph. En kasha le'edut Rosh Chodesh, en kasha le'edut Rosh HaChodesh, ela shene anashim kasharim hara'uim le'arid b'chol davar v'davar. We require for the testimony over the new moon, the new month, two witnesses that are fit to render testimony for any other subject. However, women and servants, they are like other people who are not fit to give testimony in a Jewish, Jewish law proceeding, and therefore they should not give a testimony over the moon either. If a father and son or I presume a brother with his brother, they both, they, they they experience, they see the moon, they want to give a testimony, they should both come, not because we are going to accept their joint testimony, as we are going to study in Chot Aiduyot, you may not accept the testimony of two people who are, um, who are relatives, who are close relatives one to the other, but rather because if it turns out that one of them is for any reason invalidated, one of the two witnesses, We'll take the other one with a third person. Everyone, any any person who is pasul who is unfit to give a testimony because of any disqualification that is from Pachamim, for example, someone who is a gambler, a professional gambler, then they should also be disqualified from Aduta Hodesh, although even though this is Aidut Midoraita. And the disqualification is the Rabbanan, the disqualification just invalidates them from serving at, at, as witnesses for anything, including Kiddush HaChodesh. Halakha Bet. Din Torah she'en midaktekim ba'adut HaChodesh, afilu kiddushu et HaChodesh al-pi a'adim v'nimsehu zomamim ba'adut zo, harizeh mekudash. From the Torah we know that once this testimony is accepted, we don't scrutinize it too much. And even if it turns out, after the did Kiddush HaChodesh, that these two witnesses could not have been where they said where they said they were to witness the moon. In other words, Yarzumemim, this does not affect the actual act of Kiddusha Hodesh.
לפיכך, given that this is the case, היו בראשונה מקבלים עדות החודש מכל אדם מישראל. At first, they would accept עדות החודש from anyone, anyone from the Jewish people, שכל ישראל בחזקת כשרות, עד שיוודע לך שזה פסול, because the presumption is that every single Jew, every single member of Am Israel, has a presumption of, uh, of um, reliability as a witness, unless there is a reason to think otherwise. However, since the heretics, and this refers to the early Christians, since they started to do everything that they could to undermine the rabbinic system, and they would hire fake witnesses, and they would uh, try to mess up our calendar in order to embarrass uh, the, the, the Jewish court, and so on and so forth. They used to rent or hire people to say that they saw the moon, when they really had not, התקינו שלא יקבלו בדין עדות החודש, אלא מעדים שמכירים בדין אותם שהם כשרים. Then they decreed that the bed din would only accept a, a testimony of people who have been certified as reliable witness. In other words, the witness was not okay unless he was on that list. ושהיו דורשים וחוקרים בעדותם. And furthermore, they also required that their testimony be further scrutinized to make sure that they were not just making this up, being hired by the Minim. Halacha Gimal. Lefichach, im lo yiyu bedin yodayim et ha'edim sh'ra'u et ha'yareach, mishalachim an sh'ha'ir sh'ni'l'abba im ha'edim sh'ra'u edim ha'edim sh'mazakin otan lebedin, umodi'in otan sh'elu kashirin hen, ve'achar kach mekabelim mehem. So what do you do if two people saw the moon and they know they are not on the list of, on the white list of the Bedin that are going to be accepted. So you have to send four people. You have to send two witnesses to say that they saw the moon and two other witnesses sent by the court of the city from which the two people come from. And this second pair of witnesses are going to testify that these two people are indeed reliable in whatever they have to say. Halachadalet. <laughs> בדין מחשבים בדרכים שההסתרנינים מחשבים בהם ויודעים על לבנה כשתראה בחודש זה, אם תהיה בצפון השמש או בדרומה, ואם תהיה רחבה או קצרה. The bed din are the ones who, through their calculations, astronomical calculations, they know exactly when the moon is going to be seen in any given month, if it's going to be uh, tending north or south in relative to the sun. In other words, if you, make, if you draw a line between the earth and, and the sun, and the moon for Rosh Chodesh needs to be exactly in between them, but it's never going to be perfectly aligned. Maybe sometimes it's going to be perfectly aligned, but most times it's going to be either, either a little bit above or below that line, namely north or south. And if the moon is seen, if that line that you see at the very first night of the month is going to be a long line or, or a short line, also the line which side of the moon is the one that has an angle that permits a sliver, a little bit of light to, to reflect from the sun. That, that's the string that is seen. So the, the Beddin know exactly all of these things. And then once they know this, they, the, the one that, when the witnesses come, they can ask them, How have you seen this moon? Have you seen it tending north or turning south? 
Lehana Yukarni Hanotot also described to us how was this line? What, where was it open? Where was it closed? Uh, above the horizon, how far above the, the horizon, more or less, do you think it was? And how large was it? If what they say fits the astronomical calculations, they accept them. If, however, what they say is inconsistent with what the Beddin independently knows is the case through their calculations, they are not accepted. In other words, it's not about the testimony, it's about what the Beddin knows already through their astronomical calculations. If the Aidim say, we saw it through the reflection uh, of, on the water, or we saw it through clouds, or we saw it through some kind of a glass, Uh, there is two explanations about the glass. One, we saw it as a reflection on a glass. The other one is we saw it uh, through the refraction that permeates through a, a glass uh, material. This is not enough of an experience on which they can give a testimony. And this is not enough to do Kiddush HaChodesh. If when they are asked, so how tall, more or less, above the horizon was it? One of them says, ah, about two floors up, and one says, about three floors up, independently. They, they question them independently. Uh, the, their error, their discrepancy, is a discrepancy that is uh, likely to not have been as a result of their lying or of their uh, having seen something else. Rather, everyone estimates height differently, and this is off in a small enough magnitude that it's not significant. However, if one says about three floors high and the other one says about five floors high, then this is enough of a spread that they are deemed to be inconsistent with one another. And however, either of them, we, we don't disqualify each of them, we disqualify both of them because they are inconsistent with one another, but if a third person comes, and that third person's testimony is equal to either of them, or not more than one floor apart from either of them, then we take the ones that are most consistent and they are enough to establish this testimony. If they say, you know, we think we saw it, and we saw it with the, with the corner of our eyes, but then when we try to see it and we focus, we weren't able to find it anymore, then the assumption is that they probably saw something that looked like the moon, but it wasn't the moon because the moon is not meant to disappear after you see it once, and therefore we don't accept their testimony.
שהרי ראו הוא בזמנו. אבל הראייה שאמרו שראו בשחרית, הם נזקקים לה שאין אנו אחראים לראיית שחרית, הוא ידוע שאוהבים כשנתקשו וראה להם כלבנה. So let's say the two witnesses say, the morning, right before sunrise, we saw the moon uh, on the east. And then, in, in, uh, on, uh, at night, at, after nightfall, we saw the moon on the west. Now that's impossible for the moon to be on the east and on the, and on the west in the spread of 12 hours. However, if the second time was a time on which the moon should have been seen, namely the night of the 30th day of the month, as we explained in the last chapter, then we accept this testimony. And the presumption is that the first sight, the first sighting in the morning really was a non-sighting. It wasn't the moon. It must have been a reflection of the rays of the sun that were just starting to, to, to come because it was right before sunrise. And they reflected on some clouds and it looked to them like, like the moon. וכן אם ראוהו בזמנו ובליל עיבורו לא נראה, הרי אלו נאמנים שאין אנו אחראים אלא לראיית שלושים בלבד. Also, if they saw it on its time, in other words, they saw it on the night of the 30th, which would make the prior month retroactively be 29 days, and this, this day, the day right after the night of the 30th, retroactively is declared to have been Rosh Hodesh, the first day of the next month. But then the night after the declarers Hodesh, they look up and they don't see it anymore. They still are reliable witnesses. We still accept their testimony because we only care about what's seen on that night. A couple of points about this very interesting halacha. Number one, it, it's all clearer when you remind yourselves that what the witnesses are doing is not establishing to us when the moon was actually seen. We don't need them for that. The Bedin was sophisticated enough to know exactly when and how the moon should be seen. In fact, we rely much more on the calculations than on their testimony, because if their testimony is inconsistent with the calculations, we reject the testimony. Now, one point about this halakha, this was exactly the mahloket that uh, caused uh, something a little short of a revolution in the academy of Yavne. To give you a little bit of background, this is a very, very interesting episode in rabbinic history. Rabban Yohanan Mezakai saved Yahadut as we know it uh, for all intents and purposes. He escaped Yerushalayim when it was held by the rebels and they were rebelling against the Romans. He pretty much gave himself up to Ves Vespasian and he asked for three things. One of the things he asked for is to leave him a center of study in the city of Yavne. And after Yerushalayim was destroyed, the Torah center was in Yavne under the leadership of Shushelet Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel, the, the grandson of Hillel Hazaken, uh, was, uh, was the leader in all of this. Uh, that's Rabban Gamliel Hazaken. Then his grandson, Rabban Gamliel Miyavne, was the one around this time when this is happening. And, uh, and so he, he was the chief of the Beddin, and it happened exactly as this is described here. Two witnesses came and they said, we saw the moon on, on the night, the eve of the 30th. He accepted the testimony. Then the night after that, the, between the 30th and the 31st, which should have been now after the declared Rosh Hodesh, it became the night between the first and the second of the month. Everyone looks up to the sky and 
the moon is not there to be seen. Rabbi Yehoshua, the teacher of Rabbi Akiva, got very, very upset about this. He said, it's impossible. This cannot be the case. Their testimony must have been fake. And therefore, this is not Rosh Chodesh. The Rosh Chodesh would have been Rosh Chodesh Me'ubar. Rosh Chodesh Me'ubar, Rosh Chodesh would have been the next day. And this was apparently Tishrei. It, apparently it was a month of Tishrei, which affected not only Rosh Hashanah. Actually, it did not affect Rosh Hashanah because Rosh Hashanah, we, only, we always do two days anyways, but it affected Yom Kippur. So he, he was very upset, Rabbi Yoshua. He started asking Chachamim. They all told him, you have to accept it. You have to accept this ruling. And then Rabban Gamliel, uh, when he heard he was being challenged by Rabbi Yoshua in the middle, in front of everyone, he told him, Rabbi Yoshua, get up in the middle of the class. And he said, now I want everyone to know I'm declaring, I'm demanding of you that you come here to the Bet Midrash with your wallet, with your bag, in other words, things that you cannot do on that day, on the day that according to your calculation would have been Yom Kippurim, and according to my calculation is really the eve of Yom Kippurim, because we declared Rosh Chodesh the day before. Rabbi Yoshua agreed and, and he did so. So the point, by the way, at the, at the end, politically speaking, Rabban Gamliel lost, and he lost the yeshiva to Rabbi Azar ben Azariah, but uh, it's a very interesting story, it's a very interesting episode that really shaped our history. But more than that, I just want to explain that what really what was what was happening at that moment is exactly what this halacha says. And it seems to be Rabban Gamliel was correct. Astronomically, Rabban Gamliel was correct. It can be that uh, the, the moon is on, on, the, on the first sighting. It's right under the line, like let's say just south of this straight line drawn between Earth and the sun. And then the next day, although more of it from the side is exposed to the sun and you should see a thicker line, not a thinner line that disappears, but if it comes right in between the sun and, and, and earth, what happens is you have a lunar eclipse. So that could have happened. That is probably what happened. And that is why Rabban Gamliel was actually correct. And the witnesses were true witnesses and they had seen it the day before. And the next day it wasn't there anymore. Just something interesting, but the main point is uh, we are not really relying on this sighting for Kiddush HaChodesh. This is just part of the of the ritual process of it. Al-Chazayn. Kesad mekabelin Aidut HaChodesh. How is Aidut HaChodesh accepted? Kol mi shara'ui leha'id shara'ait hayareach balevedin. Every person that knows that they could be a good witness and they saw the moon, they should come to the Bed Din. Every single person. If it's 20,000 people, they should. And the Bed Din prepares a large hall to accept, to receive all of them. They prepare for them large banquets to entice the people and to accustom them to come. It's a, a first in, first out. In other words, the, the first people who, the first witnesses are the first ones to give their testimony. And among the two people that come to give their testimony, you take the, the greater one, the most respectable one of the two. If the more respectable of the two 
says something that is consistent with the calculations of Bedin Hal. Then you call the second one. If they both are consistent with one another, they accept their testimony. And the rest, what, what happens to the other 1,998 that came? So you can also bring them in. You actually do bring them in. You ask them the same questions, one after the other, at least the very basic questions. Not because they make any difference at this point, but rather, again, to entice them to continue coming, not to discourage anyone. Imagine the feeling you make your, your way all the way from Be'er Sheva to Yerushalayim because you saw the moon, and then uh, as you arrive there, you're tired, you put all of this effort, you hear that someone just came before you and they already did Kiddusha Hodesh because of them. So everyone gets their chance, their day in court, as it said. And after this edut is validated, this testimony is validated, Rosh Bedin Omer Mekudash, the head, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, says, Mekudash, the, the month has been, this day has been declared uh, distinguished. It's a distinguished, it's a special day. It's the first day of the next month. And the rest of the people answer after him twice. Indeed, it is Mekudash. Indeed, it is Mekudash. As I corrected myself in the first chapter, it's not the Bedin HaGadol that needs to do it, but needs to be a Bedin of at least three people. Also, the calculations preceding the acceptance of the testimony need to be done by a bedin of three people. It seems that they would actually sit down in session and go through diagrams and actually calculate exactly where the moon should be that month. This should also be done with three people at least. The only Kiddusha Hodesh that's done is a Kiddusha Hodesh of a moon that was sighted on the 30th day of the month. If it was sighted on the 31st, it makes absolutely no difference. We also do Kiddush HaKodesh only the day, only the morning after this, this sighting. And although we are saying, although sometimes we say that if you do something um, against the, the the initial instructions, it counts. In this case, it would not count if they did it at night. Even if the Bed Din has seen it and all Am Israel has seen it, the Bed Din did not say Mekudash until the night of the 31st. Or if the Bed Din only finished taking the, the, the testimony uh, towards the end of the 30th day, and there wasn't enough time to say Mekudash while it was still day, daylight, then that's enough to make the Hodesh, although people saw the moon and the moon indeed did appear on the 30th day, still the, the Bed Din would not have said Mekudash until, uh, so, uh, the, the, because the Bed Din did not have enough time to say Mekudash during the day, then we make this month Hodesh Me'ubar and the next month begins the day after. Just to show you how the one 
this positive factor, the one trigger for Kiddush HaChodesh, is a declaration of the Beddin. And even if everything else aligned, and just the timing didn't, that didn't align, they weren't able to do so while it was still daytime during the 30th day, then there is no Rosh Chodesh. And therefore, Rosh Chodesh will only be the 31st day, even though it had been seen on the 30th day. Because it's not the sighting what matters, rather is the Bedin saying the word Mekudash what matters, what makes a difference. The Beddin themselves, they were the ones who saw it at the end of the 29th day, in other words, the night between 29 and 30. So this is seen, uh, let's say that the, the 30th day is going to be a Tuesday, and the twenty nine, the the night between the twenty nine and the thirtieth is Monday late afternoon. Monday late afternoon, the moon sometimes can be seen before it's set a kochavim. So let's say the beddin saw it before the night of the thirtieth begin. The beddin in Jerusalem saw it, and it still is daytime. So even though it's sort of like a day earlier, they can do kiddush hachodesh right then, and then the next day becomes rosh hachodesh. If they didn't have enough time then the Bed-Din is not really functioning as a Bed-Din because it's nighttime, there is no Bed-Din at night. And therefore, it's as if they were three people seeing these. So you take two of them as witnesses and the next day they are going to, they're going to render a testimony like everyone else. Uh, I wasn't sure if I read this or not, but this is just what we just explained. The last of the chapter. Whether they were wrong or uh, misinformed or they were forced to do so, someone was forcing them, this is Mekudash. The, the, the Hodesh has become Mekudash regardless of the calculations. And everyone must, they must do the holidays according to this declaration that this Bedin has done, regardless of whether or not, it's not about science, it's not about their correctness or not. It's about whether or not they declared it. I said before the most important thing is, is the calculations. That is what's most important to the Bedin. But what's most important to the people is the declaration of the Bedin. And we don't pay attention to what brought them to that declaration. Even if someone happens to know for a fact that they are mistaken, that, that he knows that the moon could not have been seen that day, and they still did Kiddush HaChodesh, Still, he must follow their lead. And he must do the Mu'adot like they declare them. Because as we said, we started saying this in the first chapter, this is not a private, a personal misvah. The calendar, when a month begins, when a month ends, 
is a national determination. The reasons for it are secondary, they, they don't matter. And the nation as a whole is the one that's going to determine. Obviously, individuals need to obey what the nation has decided. And you know what? The same, the same legislator, the same God who told us to do the Mo'adot, who told us to do, to, to do Pesach on the 15th of Nisan, he's the one who told us to listen to the Bedin and to do the Mo'ed on the 15th day after the Rosh Chodesh, as was declared by that Bedin. Like it is said in the Torah several times, the ones that you shall declare, you, Am Israel, the nation as a whole shall declare. That's when, that's how the holidays become holidays as we declare them. And every single Beracha we say, as we are about to say in a few days, the Pesach, we say, Israel We say, God is the one who sanctifies, who sets apart Israel. And through Israel, he sanctifies the holidays. There is nothing holy, there is nothing special about the day itself. What's special here is Am Israel, and it's Am Israel's declaration of this day as special what makes it special. So Harambam, by, just as a, as a last word, would have a very hard time accepting, paying attention, respecting, not thinking that it's pagan, all of those things that people have of any given day having any special cosmic sacrality. Oh, the, the, you know, I've heard very weird sayings, really, they're terrible, that they say, you know why Am Israel left Misraim the 15th day? Because the 15th day was special. No, it, it, it's the opposite. So they have the, the, the beginning became the end, the end became the beginning, the cause and the effect, everything is mixed up. This is not Harambam's way. According to Harambam, according to Hachamim, it's very clear. What's holy is Am Israel, and what's holy about the day is the fact that it follows from a declaration of Am Israel of the Rosh Hodesh having been in a certain on a certain day. The day itself, the positioning of the moon itself, has no relevance. It has relevance for the Goim, for the pagans, for astrologists, for people who think that uh, those that that, that that the moon and the sun are worthy of being worshipped or or have any sacrality. Am Israel, we have been brought by the Torah, far above and beyond this. We are not worshippers of stars or of moons or of suns. It's not about them. It's about Am Israel and our perception of them. And through that perception, the choice, the decision we make to declare a, a day Rosh Chodesh. So with that, we finish the second chapter. We'll begin the third chapter very, very briefly.